Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Kenny and Co Show. I am so excited for today's episode with my girl, Jenna Barclay Testa. She is serving up daily doses of nostalgia. And if you are a millennial or between like your late 20s, 30s, you will resonate with all of her content. It is so, so good. She is hysterical. We talk about all the things back then and now, her recent move to LA, how I still consider her a Jersey girl, and everything in between. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I was thinking about this the other day, like, how did I come across you? Because I feel like I have watched the evolution of Jenna Barclay Testa, right? Testa's your married. I know, you too. Yeah. 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 It's so, it's so weird. Like, internet friends because i feel like you watch people from afar and literally you're like cheering them on on the sidelines and meanwhile it's like do you even like really know each other and it's like well you know in the dms you really get through a lot of like good information so i feel yeah. like i feel like we do um but we have a lot to talk about today i am obsessed with just like the growth the evolution where you've gone to i feel like i saw it coming and i was like this is it this is going to be the thing that just like sets her off and she's just going to be like off to the races after that. So can you give everyone that doesn't know you, which my God, you should be following her. Um, but everyone that doesn't know you just like a little backstory on, on your life, kind of what got you to this moment. Sure. Where do I start? So as you know, I've been like bopping around the social media world for a long time. Yeah. But I was in the fitness industry as were you. That must be how we connect. Yes. I think that is fitness. I think so. So I was in fitness for a long time. And as you know, it's not the uh, healthiest industry to be devoting all of your time and energy to. So after the pandemic, I went freelance doing social media for other businesses because I just had to get out of studios. It was just everything that used to be bad magnified by a thousand. So I was doing that. And then I went home to visit my mom. And I hadn't been home for a while because of the pandemic and no traveling and all of that. And I was digging through my old room and I found this like drawer full of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, a lace cami, a bedazzled Hollister mini shirt, like my juicy glasses with like the crown on the side. It was all in this drawer. It was like, it looked like somebody set up a prop drawer for like a throwback TV show. And I was like, this is hilarious. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm seeing young kids wear this stuff unironically now. So I put on an outfit. I made this video. I just posted on my Instagram story and I didn't do anything with it until like two months later. And I posted on TikTok one morning. I don't know what possessed me to post it on TikTok on September 11th of 2021, but I digress. Mm-hmm. I did. And it blew up. And I was like, well, I have a gold mine of old clothes that I could easily show people since they seem to be so interested. Right. So I just continued to make these nostalgic videos and it has spiraled from there. And now when I go home to visit my mom, which is often um, because she broke her hip last year and had surgery and she lives alone. So I travel back and forth all the time. I know she's fine, but you know, I feel bad that she's there alone. So I go home a lot. And then I like dig through my stuff and find some new, new goodies to show the people. And it's just been this like crazy thing. Did you ever think that this would be like when you were working in fitness, did you think, Oh, you know what? I'm going to do throwback videos all over TikTok and Instagram. Not in a million years. I mean, (laughs) no. 
back in the, the glory days of Instagram of like 2016, I was like, mm. I'm going to be a fit fluencer. You know, I'm going to post like super desaturated mm. photos of my smoothie outside of soul cycle. You oh, know, like that would have been what I thought would have like catapulted me to the top. But now that I think about it, it makes so much sense that it wasn't that because now that I'm out of the fitness industry and looking in, I can see like all of the crap, you know, mm. and I just couldn't, I can't see myself having that be my platform. So it's yeah. good that that wasn't what it was. And this yeah. is so fun and silly. I just feel like there's so many different ways that I can kind of pivot it and talk about things that are a little bit more real and more current life. It doesn't all have to be throwback stuff, right? but it's very light. And that makes it easy for me to create because it's like, it's not serious. Like there's nothing right. serious about it, <laughs> you know? It's like the secondhand embarrassment part is serious when we realize that like, the things that you post strike such a chord with everyone that's following and like engaging because I'm just like, Oh my God, we really all were the same. Like talk about a basic bitch. Like we just, we like invented basic bitches. Like totally. We were the OGs of that. And like looking back and watching some of your content, I'm like, Oh my God. And we talk about this. We talked about this, you know, in the past about like how similar. So you grew up in Wisconsin and I grew up in, Jersey and things that we thought were so inherently New Jersey were not. And like we had the same coming of age habits and things like, you know, going to the tanning salon with the stupid stickers on our hips and the Playboy bunnies. And I saw your earrings you posted yesterday. What was that yesterday? Like about the Playboy earrings. I was dying. Like we all had these like very similar experiences. So I, I, it only makes sense that. It resonates with so many people. And I think as you go through it in your time capsule in your home, in your childhood home, it's like unearthing all of these memories for all of these people. And you're like giving a voice to these things that should have probably stayed in the closet and like under wraps for a while. But like we get to like walk down memory lane. And I think, I think that is so, so special. So I'm so happy for you. And like I love watching you like create this content and like cheering you on from the sidelines because it is, like you said, it is fun. And you can see that you're having fun doing it. Like there's nothing, uh, you don't think too much about it. You just kind of create. So I think that's a really good lesson to anyone that is in the creator space that maybe feels like they have to become something that they're not. I love that you said that about fitness. I am still in fitness, but I feel much more in control of how I'm in fitness these days because I feel like that could be an entirely different podcast. We could do a whole show on just pulling back the curtain of the fitness oh, yeah. industry. Um, and that's a story for another time. But I, I think like when people see that side, it feels so unattainable to even like become a creator because it just feels so over, oversaturated and like over curated. Um, yes. So I, I love like the breath of fresh air when I get to see your videos, how like, just relatable and normal they are. And I love, love, love that. So for you, like when you, when you finally posted on TikTok, which is like, I'm having a, like a come to Jesus now about TikTok. Cause I'm not yet completely on TikTok. I'm like a, a, I'm a scroller through TikTok, which is bad because I'll just lose hours to it. But when you finally decided to post on TikTok and then you realize like, okay, there's something here and there's like traction here. What was the thought process where you're like, all right, I'm just going to keep going until I see like where this thing goes or we were like, all right, no, this is it. Like, I know. I don't know. Like, I remember when I first posted it on TikTok, I didn't even really understand TikTok. 
You know, it was like, I mean, it was far enough away from when it launched that I should have known, but I had just gotten on there. I was just like kind of feeling it out. So I posted it and I was like, well, maybe this is a fluke, but this was fun, you know? And I had all of the, like I said, I had all these other clothes. So I was like, well, I have to do something with them because not only are people enjoying this, but like, I think this is hilarious. Like the fact that I used to wear this and think that I look so good is hilarious. (laughs) So I think it was kind of almost like an experiment to just continue to make these videos and see what happened from there. And once I posted like three or four and they all kind of hit and people were resonating with them, then I I realized like I have something with this. But it's funny because I was just talking to somebody about this and you mentioned it already was like the over curative and like the thinking too hard. I did get to a point in the beginning where I was like, okay, so, you know, this is working and this is working, but like, maybe I need to do this. And I was Mm. just in my head with it so much. And then it took all the enjoyment away, but also those videos are never the ones that work. Like when I sit down and I'm like, I'm going to think of ideas right now to make videos. Then I make those videos and either I never post them because I hate them or I do post them and it's like crickets because they're not funny. Like they're so forced. So I think it was a natural progression for me to keep making them. And I think the reason why it worked for me is because they're very low effort. Like anybody who watches them and thinks that I'm putting effort into these, you are sorely mistaken. Okay. I throw my (laughs) ring light up in the corner. I put on an outfit. I smear dream mat moose on my face. Not well. Dream mat. And I record a 20 minute or 20 second video. So they're very low effort and I don't overthink the editing. I don't overthink any of it. Really. I just kind of go by instinct. And that's what I think made them work. And I think because I am going by instinct and a lot of it is just coming from these memories popping up, like songs, especially that I use in my video, there's just a vibe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I make the video, I'm like, this needs a flow rider song or whatever, (laughs) you know, you could just feel it. And I think that that's what makes people resonate with them because when they see it and they hear that song and they see the outfit and they remember it all goes together in the same Mm -hmm. way that I'm remembering it and it sparks a memory and that's what works. It seems like it's very intuitive for you. It's very intuitive. And I love that because I feel like um, trying to explain that to certain people sometimes, like I am the same way, like I'm not a planner. If I sit down to think of ideas, it never, it never lands the same way. So I'm more of like fly by the seat of my pants, which is great when it works. And then when it's not working and you're like, shit, like I really got to like come up with like I am... I, yeah, that just like gives me anxiety even thinking about it. So like, what are your favorite videos to create? That's a good question. I think I really like the ones that I do that are just outfits without talking. Like the skit based ones are really fun, but sometimes mm-hmm. just the outfit is all you need and it speaks volumes. <laughs> it does. And the music is my favorite part of those, of all of my videos because the music is what really takes me back. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people the outfits are the thing that is the focal point. But for me, like, I don't even need to put the outfit on. If you play the right song, I am transported back to those times, you know? Oh my God. So those allow me to just kind of have it focused on the music and the outfit. And then the skits are, the music is in the background. I do like some skit ones. And the ones that are my favorite of those are always the ones that I think of like off the cuff. They're totally not planned. You know, I'm like taking a shower, getting ready to film a completely different video. And I'll think of something and then I, I never script them, but I'll just like turn the camera on and start rolling and then edit it together later. Those are always the ones that are my favorites. I love that. Yeah. What would be like, what's your favorite? If you had to think like right now, your favorite song from back then or like band, Hmm. what was your vibe? 
I was very diverse. Like in high school, I, I found my old, <laughs> found my old iPod from 2006, probably 2007. There's everything on there from like old country to sublime to like hardcore <laughs> rap. I love it. So I think it depends on who I was hanging out with. I had a very diverse friend group, but I listened to a lot of rap music in high school, like embarrassing bad rap, you know, like mm. chingy. Mm. I loved Nelly, loved Nelly, like who almost to an unreasonable amount for like a girl in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. <laughs> I loved Eminem too. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like... Town. I feel like Wisconsin and New Jersey, I feel like there was like a lot more overlap than I've given it credit for in my adult life. So you'd be surprised. I get messages from people. For me. I get messages from people who are like, I grew up in Australia and we did this. And I'm like, oh my it's, goodness. It's so, How did this go global? We didn't have social media. I know. It's like, it's so weird how it like that culture was like so rampant, like coast to coast. And yet you thought it was so like, to where Unique. you live. You, you, yeah. yeah. You thought like you guys were so special, like wearing like, you used to wear like Air Forces and then like with our like Hollister, like the whole thing. And then like, we just thought we were like the coolest and we were the only ones doing it because there wasn't social media. But also right. how did everybody do the same thing without social media? It, like doesn't make any sense. I think about this a lot. Like I spend more time thinking about this than I should. <laughs> and the one that really is a mystery to me, because some of it makes sense. Obviously we had celebrities and we had... TV shows that we could look to, but the scrunched hair oh, with the straightened side God. bangs. Yeah. No celebrities did that. No. Like who did that? And why did we all do it? Because the first person that I can remember seeing this on in media was Leon Teen Mom, but that was like 2009, 2010. Oh my God. Right. I was doing I this in 2004. Who yeah. did this? And how did we all know and who, to do it? Who let us, con- who, who like, Dub that the okay hairstyle of the early 2000s. Like that it doesn't like I remember wanting it's so funny because it's like payback now. My hair is enormous. Like it's it has a mind of its own now. Back then, like I used to have to scrunch it to get like a curl or like a wave out of it. I think I've always had like naturally wavy hair, but like not my friend Angelica had the most beautiful, gorgeous head of curly, curly hair, and like everybody wanted that hair because she got a scrunch so good but yeah, like the rest of us scrunch. it looked like we had ramen noodles like as yeah. hair and it was horrible and we just walked around like no one you know checking us on this at all no one <laughs> there was a little fashion police in high school for some reason but we were all blind leaving the blind yeah that's exactly it blind leaving the blind we're like oh her hair looks really good i'm gonna put more gel in it to see if i can get like that curl and then remember when Kit, like a couple years ago, Kim Kardashian tried to bring back the wet scrunch look. No, no, no straight side bang. No wet scrunch. When she came out, I forget what, what award show it was, where she was like, it was just like this whole wet look. Like she just literally got out of a pool with like perfect makeup. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We cannot go back to this. Like we cannot do the scrunch wet hair look. No. Like, even, th- even Kim Kardashian cannot make that happen again. No. And I, I mean, think I she hope, realized I that. She yeah. realized that it was like a quick, like one, one thing where she went everywhere with wet hair. And then she was like, Ooh, <laughs> nobody's picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. So we're just going to maybe, maybe we'll skip that. Yeah. That <laughs> oh, was, I love that it. was not a good era for my hair. And I, mind you, I lived in Wisconsin where it's below zero for like six months out of the year. Yeah. Not so I'd be going weather. outside <laughs> just with icicles. wet, yeah, like <laughs> gel. And then it would free, it would literally freeze. So I'd walk into school and you could crack a curl in half. Oh my God. And that was like, that was like the era I can picture of like a, a 
visual of myself where I was like straight side bangs, the curly hair, like two uh, different colored, um, like popped Hollister collar mm-hmm. polos with like the braided belt and like the puka shell necklace. And then like the Abercrombie fur, like sweatshirt thing. Yep. Yep, that was the look. And it's just like you just tried to put on every trend and wear it all at the same time. And it was like yeah. the, the winner was whoever had the most trends on at that particular time, like won the high school Olympics. Totally. I also feel like my outfits were themed almost. Like one day I would come to school and I'd be like very preppy. I'd have Ooh, I love that. the button yeah. down with like the low slung belt and mm. like the pearls. And then the next day the I come to school. Slung belt, the, the one that had no belt. purpose that was just no pu- over the long polo. It was like on my hips. Yes. What was that holding up? Because we didn't tuck our polos in, so they had to make them extra long so that they looked intentionally untucked. And also so that they would cover our crack because our jeans were so low that you could not sit down. So that'd be one day. And then the next day I'd come to school and I would have like my scrunched hair with like a Roxy shirt and like DC sneakers. Like I dressed like I was a skater. And then the next day I'd come to school and I'd have like my white studded belt with like some band t-shirt. Like I just walked out of Hot Topic. Like it was, it was a theme. I looked like I was dressing up for theme days every day. It was was just my outfit. Cause I feel like I wasn't like a punk. Like I wasn't so much into punk, but like I was like punk adjacent where I would like try to be into punk, but like it never really like worked for me. I loved Same. like band tees because I loved classic rock. So anytime like a band tee came out, I was like, Ooh, I can, I can wear this and make it look cool. But like as punk as I got, I think I, I listened to brand new and taking back Sunday, obviously. obviously. Um, but like I would try to like go to, um, do you ever go to Warp Tour or Bamboozle? Did Bamboozle did come it. to Wisconsin? No, but we had Warp Tour, I think went to Chicago. Okay. I never got to go to any of those. We lived too far away. It was like too much of a commitment. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. We had, we, I went to Warp Tour once in Bamboozle and like crowd surfed and wore my Converse and my Vans and did all the things. And then like the next day I would be in like Hollister pastel polos. Like right. I was such a poser. Me but too. Like, but like I genuinely loved the music. I just didn't want to fully commit to the punk life. Like I couldn't look. Fully, yeah, I couldn't go there. My best friend at the time, she was all there and I loved it. It like she totally worked that vibe, but it just like wasn't me. And it was so funny, like watching us walk around because it was like I walked out of a Hollister store and she was like all in like punk studded belt, like wore vans before everybody else was wearing vans. Like all the things, but it's so funny what you lean on at that age and what you find like is your thing. Like again, like did the scene make it out to Wisconsin? Like scene, MySpace yes, but scene. I was so I graduated two thousand five, and I feel like scene went mainstream right around that Kinda, time. Or a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. After okay, okay. So I was out of high school, but I do remember this very specific time in two thousand six where like all of my friends looked at least a little bit seen. Nobody that I hung out with went like fully on board with the Mm. super teased hair that was multiple colors or any Mm. of that. But like the gummy bracelets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the super deep side part. I mean, we were wearing comb overs. Let's call it (laughs) like it is. And just all of that. It was was a comb over. Yeah, let's call it. It was a comb over. Yeah, we all did that. Yeah, it was seen adjacent. um, It's seen adjacent. I feel like if you're listening to this and you don't know what the scene is, maybe you're a little younger than we are. Uh, definitely go give it a Google for a good laugh because we walked around like this. And like when I think of scene, I think of like 
Ashley Simpson and Pete Wentz like relationship era. Yes. And like, it's so funny because sometimes in my spin, spin classes, I'll play um, pieces of me or like whatever. Classics. That, like, there's that like album one, is amazing. What's that other one song that she has that's like really good? Love. You make me, La La. Oh, yeah. You La La. That one's good. Too. Yeah. That's a that's a jam. That's a jam. That she is only a like jam. two good songs, and it was those two. But like that's what I think of, and then like Fallout Boy era, and just all of that, and it was just oh my god. I think I'm so glad that we've graduated from that to a certain extent. I'm not sure what direction we're going in now, and if that's any better. But that was just a wild, wild time. We were on MySpace, which again is archaic at this point. Nobody even knows what the hell MySpace was or I is. Know, I wish I could just see. Like I wish they would make a MySpace experience where we could log in and just kind of like navigate around old MySpace profiles because it really was archaic. I mean, very, very primitive. And we thought it was so cutting edge, like forcing your friend to listen to a horrible song when they would land on your page. It It was so fun. It's so funny though, because there are still songs that I think of. Like when I hear it, I think of my friend's MySpace page. Yes. Like random songs and I'll like, it'll take me back. But it's interesting how that like started the whole music to experience type thing. Cause now, I mean, everything we do on Instagram, like you said, like the music is what drives everything. That's so, so true. So it's like, it's so interesting. Tom had the foresight to know people are going to want to connect music to things and people. So let me give him a MySpace song. Yep. And poor Tom, God knows where he is in life right now, but he's probably like, damn, I wish I thought of Facebook or Instagram or all those things. Seriously. So when we first uh, connected, you were also like for a a short period of time, a Jersey girl as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You were living in Jersey city and now you just moved out West I can't believe it. I know. You're out west in the past, basically, because you're three hours behind us. So catch up. (laughs) What, like, prompted you to move out? I mean, aside from the weather, as we're on this call, I literally am looking out my window and it is gray. It is rainy. Everything is dead. It's miserable. So tell me why you decided to move out to California. (laughs) Well, I was actually in Jersey for 10 years, believe it or not. You were? Oh, my God. Yes, I know. So you were official. You were like baptized Jersey girl. Oh, yeah. I was in Jersey for a long time. And I love New Jersey. People love to hate on New Jersey, but it's a great place to live. It's a fabulous place, except for January through March. This is true. (laughs) It is rough. And I don't do well with the cold. I'm just not a winter person. My husband really likes cold weather. He Mm. does not do well with heat. So shocking that we're here now. But (laughs) so we lived in Jersey City previously. Before that, I lived in Hoboken and he lived in Hoboken and just all over. And he has been in the pretty much immediate city area for 21 years. Oh my God. Such a city boy. He grew up in Connecticut and then literally moved right to New York after high school and never left. And I really thought he never would. Like I was even trying to convince him like, let's just move a little further out into Jersey. Like I wanted to move like down the shore because I wanted to be by by nature. And he was like, I can't. We would have been neighbors. It would have been great. But he's just such a city person. So I never thought he would leave. But I think it just, you know, there's something very magical about New York. Mm-hmm. and something very special about it but it's also a hard place to live and i think that when i was young i wore that as a badge of honor kind of you know it's, it's like syndrome. it truly is i used to say it's like a drug like you know you're wasting your money you know it's unhealthy you know you should break free but you just yep. can't but you can't you can't because so, you but identify I, as and you're sure you're wearing a new york sweatshirt right now i, I mean like you, hello i know and now you i'm like that annoying person that I'm, now I'm that annoying person in LA that's like, 
well, we just moved here from the East Coast, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody's probably like, back East, okay, back cool, East, yeah. we did this, back East, back east I know. <laughs> I'm, it's annoying, but you're right. It does become part of your identity and just the lifestyle is so unique. You can't replicate that lifestyle very many places in the US. So we were very attached to that, but I think we just got tired, you know, like I'm 35. My husband is 40, mm-hmm. 40. You can't be schlepping Trader Joe's bags on the subway at 40. You know, like it just gets tiring after a while. So it was actually his idea. I've been kind of planting the seeds for a long time because we're definitely city people. I do think that if we moved to the suburbs, we would feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. But LA is a good, it's a city, obviously, but you can drive, you can park. The weather's nice. It's just an easier lifestyle. Yeah. So I've been planting those seeds for a while. And then one day he was like, you know what? I think we should try LA. Oh my God. And he works in casting. He's a commercial casting director. Oh, no way. So the industry is here and it makes sense for him to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, here we are. So what has been like your biggest aha moment now that you're out there and like somewhat settled, right? Would you say? Yeah, we're three weeks today. So I do feel like we're kind of settled. I just said this to him yesterday. I feel like I've already forgotten about winter. Oh, it's crazy. Like, you know how it is in the summer when you're like, I am so sick of sweating. It's so mm-hmm. hot. I hate it. And then come January, you're like, why did I ever yeah. wish away the, the heat? Like, yeah. But that's, it, it happens quickly. So it's probably like in the mid fifties right now, bright blue skies, sunny. Ugh. And I'm like in a sweatshirt. I put on <laughs> like a puffer to go outside. And I'm like, it's <laughs> cold, you know, like you just really kind of adjust, but it is an easier lifestyle here. It, or I can already tell. We live in the middle of a really busy area. We're right by the Grove, which is like this big oh, outdoor yeah. mall. And just like, just a very busy, like easy to get to a lot of places area. But it doesn't feel anything like living in the middle of Manhattan or even Jersey City. I mean, even yeah. Jersey City was louder. and It just felt more chaotic. This feels mm-hmm. calmer in a way. I always say like, that area, Hoboken, I never felt that way in Hoboken, but Jersey City, the city, I always felt like everyone was always like the end of a live wire, like just yes. frenetic energy all the time and just all over the place and just looked and gave off stressful vibes at all times, no matter what, if they were on their way to a workout class or just came from a workout class, like everyone's always rushing places. And I think we forget that that's not normal. Yes, you're so right. It's so bizarre because then you go to like other... I was just in Key West, which I guess is a very big extreme. But Key West, obviously, you're on island time. And, you know, everything goes slower as it should. And, you know, things are not... You know, service isn't as quick. Like, that's like the other thing, I think. And maybe in LA, it would be a little bit more on par with that, like service-wise. But still, like... Most places, you can't expect like your food or whatever you've ordered to appear within nanoseconds. But in like New York, New Jersey, if you don't have it within like one solid minute, your business is like, like ridiculous and like, I'm never coming back. Like, fuck this place, like whatever. So it's crazy that like we just absorb all of this really hectic energy all the time. That's why, I mean, that's why we moved out of North Jersey to now central Jersey, which exists. Which I, I have had to learn Central that it, is, it, it exists. exists. It's not South Jersey. I know this now. I do not call it South Jersey, even though no, South Jersey is a different place. But South Jersey is an entirely different place. Yes, that I will give you 
I just like was never familiar with things that weren't off the parkway. So like for right. me, how I'm living out here, I didn't even know this town existed. But that was the main reason why we had to get out of Bergen County was just it felt like constant chaotic energy. Yeah. And it it's rubs so off nice. on you. Yeah. It impacts your your mood. And I was trying to explain this to somebody. I don't remember who, probably like my mom or somebody that just doesn't isn't super familiar with either area. Cause my mom lives in Wisconsin. She did live in New Jersey for a while when she was very young, which she she reminds me frequently, but <laughs> she's not familiar with the current day reality. Right. And I was like, you know, the only way that I can explain it is just like the vibes are off. The vibes are off for me in New York now. Yes. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to move to the middle of nowhere, but I still want to live where there's things to do and, and young people that want to like go out and do stuff, but I can't do it anymore. Yeah. No, I am I can't so be, like, impressed. Speed walking and... down the sidewalk and have people Ugh. yell at me. I just, I can't. Yeah. No. And then like being assaulted by people on the, on the sidewalk too. Like on any given day, you're just traumatized like multiple times. <laughs> and true. again, we think that it's normal. Like walking over people that are just like laying perpendicular on the sidewalk. They could be dead. We don't know because we just keep walking. It is it is like inhumane. And I think this is why people get the impression that New Yorkers are mean because New Yorkers are not mean. People from New Jersey are not mean. It's just that you have to put up this like energetic yes. field around yourself to be able to just make it through the day. Exist. Yeah, just to exist. So you can't make eye contact with people. You can't just absorb the energy of all these strangers around you. It would be so overwhelming and exhausting to do yes. that. Yeah. But we stayed with my in-laws in Connecticut for a month because our lease ended a month before we wanted to leave. So we stayed there and I would take our dog for a walk by the water. She lives, my mother-in-law lives right on the water in Connecticut. Oh, Beautiful. That's amazing. So I'd walk her on the water and my husband would be like, why does everybody say good morning here? And I'm like, because <laughs> they don't encounter like thousands of They're people miserable. every day. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like they can just acknowledge other humans you have the energetic bombarded with them yeah yes to exactly. do it and to be kind because it's not thousands of people it's maybe like you know maybe a hundred people if you're lucky on a daily a basis that you yeah. have actually interact with i love that i'm like and i so feel like envious. la is like a middle ground you know like it's not totally heartless like new york but you don't have to say hi to everybody on the street right which everybody is nice for me I feel like in LA, like they also wouldn't take it personally if like you didn't say hi or like you yes. weren't making eye contact. Like everybody's got somewhere to go and be. But like also if you did say hi, people would be like, oh, that's just like people in LA. They're just happy. Yeah. Like, But also I feel like nobody ha here has a job. Like, <laughs> Well, everyone's an actor. Everyone is, you know, a starving artist. So, or an influencer. You know, or an influencer. So everybody's either working like the restaurants or like at Not night at or like on a set somewhere or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty funny. So what has been like your biggest takeaway aside from like the weather and like the people being really nice? What's a big takeaway from like now that you're there, it's like three weeks in, you're like, oh, okay, 50 degrees and it's chilly with like another like, yeah, we made the right move kind of moment. I think that we've gotten to the point in Jersey City or just New York in general where we were holding on to the idea of living in the city or near the city because we wanted to be able to do things, but we weren't doing them because oh, of the inconvenience oh of doing them. I can't them. believe you said this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So like the weekend would come around and I'd be like, let's go do whatever or go to a museum or one of the things that New York has to offer that we claim is the reason why we stay here. But we were both like, I don't want to. I don't want to get on the train. I don't want to park. I don't want to whatever. We don't want to. So here being in LA we're able to live in this very central area. And LA is 
so different. Like New York, everything is crammed into one tiny little space and everything else is just sprawl that you have to drive through. But here, there's a lot of things to do in all of the different parts. So where we are, we can find things to do that are close to us. So I just feel like we've been doing a lot more things because it's just, I mean, obviously the traffic is horrendous, but it's much less inconvenient to do things here than in New York. Yeah. Or the inconveniences just haven't gotten so inconvenient to us yet because we haven't, you know, like the subway probably seems really convenient to someone who just moved to New York. But for us after 10 years, I'm like, I never want to see the subway again. I'm not getting on it. I can't do it. So here I'm like, if I have to sit in traffic in my car for a while, that's better than getting on the subway. Right. So that's been a nice breath of fresh air is to be excited about doing things because we're not dreading the logistics of doing things. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that you said that because I feel like I try to explain this to someone. I was just having this conversation. Someone was in town in the city from Atlanta and I was like, Oh my God, like I miss like blah, blah, blah and like whatever. And they're like, well, you could just hop over anytime. (laughs) But then I'm like, yeah, I could, couldn't I? But that would be for a 30 mile venture. It would take me an hour and 45 minutes. I'd have to pay $80 to park probably. Uh, probably another 15 because it's an oversized vehicle. Yeah. And then don't forget about the tolls. Yeah. And then the tolls and then just getting there. And then if I wanted to move around once I was in the city, then I have to figure out how to get back to my car at the end. Like they really make you work for it. It is really like when you think about it, it is an unhealthy relationship with a like narcissistic partner. (laughs) Yes. It is. That is so true. Like you love to love them, but like my God, they don't make it easy. Yeah. Like how much do I have to be put through in order to sustain this relationship? Yes. And I love it. Like, you know, I saw friends that live in the city. My mom actually works in the city, like, you know, still goes in a few days a week and Tim will go in every once in a while. And every time I'm like, I'm going to come with you one day and like, just like bop around, do my thing. And every time it comes around, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm all right. Nope. Like there are times where I want to like tap into that energy because it is cool when you can like go and be like, oh, I need to like fill my cup and I need to kind of like get some of that vibe but it's like you have to be (laughs) i always say like i have to have like the right like hormonal energy for that like i gotta be like i need to be like ovulating i need like that kind of like yeah yeah energy like i need 100 yeah Yeah, like i gotta go in like okay yeah this is great but if i am oh if i am like a little tired it just sucks the ever-loving life out of you so i'm so glad that you said that i'm sure someone listening to this is like nah new york or die like i'm never leaving that's fine Listen, for you. To each their own. Good for you. Exactly. Yeah. I actually remember I used to watch when you were working in the city. I used to watch your Instagram stories and like your commute. And I would think I'd be like to my husband, I'm like, Joe, do you realize that she lives in the suburbs? She gets on a, a bus and goes into the city every day. And she's got to walk to work. Like this used to be so normal. And now I oh, cannot no. wrap my mind around the fact that we used to do this every single day. And I never commuted from the suburbs, but even like I used to live in Uptown Hobo. Can I take the yeah. bus and then go down on the subway to Wall Street? Like, no. Nobody realizes that like, even if you can see Manhattan from yes. home, yes, that it will still take you an hour and 15 minutes to get wherever you are trying to go. Like yeah. I could see the skyline from Hillsdale where we used to live. And yet getting there was like, three trains a bus and like a half a mile walk like it's brutal and we used to do that and everybody used to do that and just exist like my mom did that for like 20 years and i'm like 
How? Every single day. Oh my God. I lived in the city the first time I was working in the city. So my commute was like, that was actually not terrible. That was like six blocks. Nice. <laughs> so that great. That's ideal. And, but then like once I left, once I left and then once I came back in and was working again, I mean, that commute was an hour and a half. It was literally three trains and a bus. And it, it was just ridiculous. And then you just, went home and then got up and did it again the next exactly. day. Exactly. Yes. And then we wondered why we were like so unhappy and unhealthy and just completely burnt out. And now if I've got to do like something two days in a row, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Me too. I, I can't tell you how deeply I feel that comment. I'm the same way. I'm like, it's so oh no, I left bad. the house yesterday. I, I cannot. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's happening. It's not two days in a row. Like I'll mm-hmm. catch you on Wednesday when I yep. build more strength till I get there. Um, I love that. So from like a work standpoint, since you can work from wherever, I'm assuming that this is no bearing on your ability to produce fire nostalgic content from the East, from the West Coast, excuse me. Right. So like now that you're out there, like, have you found that since you have found this kind of like almost accidental niche, I guess, what has doing that or, or building that, like, what has that changed in your life? Or like, what has it allowed you to do? It's crazy because I think that this whole social media age that we're living in is, I have mixed feelings about it, but at the end of the day, I think it's really cool. Like the Mm. fact that you can just be a nobody and have something to say and put it out there and find people who resonate with it. And then these opportunities can arrive. Like that's crazy that that's the world that we live in. And being in LA makes me realize it more because, you know, this is where the industry is. And there's so many people out here that are just like grinding away, going to auditions and trying to like find their thing. And like, I never have had any desire to be in the entertainment industry, nor do I now, but I found something that I enjoy doing. And it entertains people, you know, I never would have sought out this, but it happened through this other channel. So I just think that that's really crazy. And it's just led me to all these opportunities that are so unbelievable. But I think specifically being involved in nostalgia is really interesting at this time, because it's such a boom. It's such a trend. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody's talking about nostalgia. And I have a lot of takes on why I think the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And just kind of millennials. I would love to hear this. I think that during the pandemic, People, I think a lot of things switched in terms of like cultural trends and people's attitudes towards things. And Mm. one thing that I noticed is people started collecting things again. Like I think our generation millennials are very minimalistic in the way that we approach like home decor and just life because our parents were like clutter freaks. Like we grew up with like the precious moments figurines and like the longer burger baskets or whatever they're called or, you know, like crap that our parents collected. Tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. Oh God. Generation of tchotchkes. Yes. And like the the roosters on top of the kitchen cabinets and all of it. So I think that our reaction to that has been to be very minimalistic. But during the pandemic, I feel like people just had nothing to do. And they were also just kind of sad and depressed and stuck <laughs> inside. So people started collecting things and, and just kind of nesting and doing these things. And also a lot of people moved home, whether that was literally home like, to their parents or back closer to where they grew up. And that obviously feeds into feelings of nostalgia. So I think that had a lot to do with kind of speeding it up. But I also think that millennials are middle-aged now as shocking and horrifying as that is and there's just something kind of depressing that comes with middle age you know like midlife crisis is a thing for for a reason not cool anymore not cool anymore 
I mean, it's sad, but a lot of people have jobs they hate, mm. spouses they don't really get along with. Mm-mm. It's very hard to raise children. You know, you love them, but I can't imagine it's easy. You know, I look Mm-mm. at my friends with kids and it's tough. Yeah. So it makes sense that there's this longing to kind of revisit those years when your life was really carefree and Mm -hmm. happy and easy. So I think that all of this has created this huge nostalgia boom and brands are on board. I mean, this is a huge advertising tactic now, a marketing tactic. Events are built around this. Even if the brand or the um, thing being promoted has nothing to do with nostalgia, they'll take that angle that's so interesting, isn't it? And if you now that I said that, you're going to see it everywhere. You know, now that I'm trying to think now, like if I can like recall a brand doing that, but now I'll, I'll like have my antennas out for it. I mean, I don't know. Like Juicy Couture has had this huge oh my God, yes. re- revamp and just yes. like resurgence. And all of the fashion brands, I think they, they're obviously using these old trends and that's a normal fashion cycle, but I think they're leaning on the nostalgia more than in the past. Yeah. Because millennials are still kind of active in that fashion cycle, whereas previous generations, that wasn't the case. So for me, being a nostalgic creator from a business perspective, there's just so many opportunities because brands are taking this angle everywhere, especially because millennials are often the target demographic for purchasing because we're like the main purchasers, you know, that age group. So there's just been a lot of opportunities with that. And then I've gotten all these cool opportunities that I never would have dreamed I'd be able to do, like go to events and create content with these brands that like seemed so huge and and untouchable. It's just, it's crazy to me. What was your like favorite one to partner with? I did a collaboration with Juicy and Craft Mayo, which is the funniest collaboration ever. Oh my God. (laughs) Literally Craft Mayonnaise partnered with Juicy and they made this custom Craft Mayonnaise Juicy tracksuit and then like a juicy jar of mayonnaise and the jar was pink. The mayonnaise was not pink. I was like, who was in this meeting to come up with that? I know. So I did a collab with them. It was so fun to do because they let me have full creative control. They were just kind of like, this is clearly your thing. Just run with it. So I did this silly video and it was really fun because it was just such a funny collaboration, but also like it's juicy, you know, it's an iconic brand. Yeah. And I've got to go to some cool events. Like and, if your 16 year old self could know that like in the future you were doing a brand deal with Juicy, she probably would have just been like blown away. She would have passed away. She would have passed she away. Would have passed she away. Would have passed away. She would have been deceased. Yeah. I mean, and just the fact that like, I'm not particularly, and I don't mean to say this in a self-deprecating, like uh, whatever way. I, I mean this very genuinely. I'm not particularly talented or special or famous or you know what I mean I'm just like a person who decided to make these videos you are talented I mean because everybody would do it if they could but they're not well thank you but you know what I mean I don't have a specific set of skills or anything like that I just right. decided to create this stuff and throw it out there and now I've been able you know to who's do it also talentless Kim Kardashian so <laughs> I go. mean you're in very good company That's so true <laughs> I need a Chris in my life to run my career <laughs> I love how people are like, oh, just completely untalented. She's just amassed billions of dollars. It's like, okay, well, I say what you want to say, but talent is subjective and she's got a lot of it just in places you didn't think she did. So, right. But I see what you're saying. I know what you you mean by that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like there's not a a barrier to entry for this, you know, Mm -hmm. other than I think having the confidence to be able to put yourself out there and you laughed at, which is very, very crucial because that will happen a lot for better or for worse. I love talking about confidence. So like from your perspective, what was it 
that you did you have to like talk yourself through posting these things or like what was it that helped you gain the confidence to do that? Because I think for a lot of people, that is the barrier of entry. Really, like talk about talented people. There are tons and tons of talented people out there that just aren't doing it because they just don't have the confidence in themselves. Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is just I'm kind of shameless, you know, like... Yeah, I love it. (laughs) And I think that that's developed over a long time. I mean, I was a fitness instructor. I was at... I taught college. Like I've done a lot of things where I'm on a public stage in mm-hmm. some way or another and where there's a lot of feedback that comes with that. I mean, you know what it's like being a fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. People have a lot to say about mm-hmm. your class. And some of it is things that are constructive and helpful and some of it's not. So I was kind of used to it in that way. But, you know, it builds over time. Obviously, when I posted my first few videos, I didn't have a large following. I wasn't getting like thousands of comments. So that you do get an opportunity to get used to it as it grows over time. I can't imagine what it's like for these young, young people who exploded on TikTok overnight. I mean, it can't be good for their mental health. It's it's draining and it's really hard. Yeah. But so I think maybe some of it also is just my age. You know, I'm 35. If this would have happened to me when I was 25, I probably would be in a very different mental place because you do get subjected to a lot of crap. And people are horrible, you know? Even on like a nostalgia page? Oh my God, yeah. I can't imagine what the girls who... Like the lifestyle influencers whose content is really about their lives. Mm. I can't imagine what those types of creators get because mine is silly fluff and I get just insane comments and DMs. Emails. Somebody emailed me me last week and it just said, stop posting. (laughs) And I thought... You really like took the time to find my email address because I assume I assume I have this person blocked. Otherwise, they would have just sent this to me as a DM. So they must have Googled me, found my email address, and then sent me an email at five o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. Oh my god, that is wild. I mean, you just have to like. So my mother would always say this if anybody had anything like you know nasty or whatever. It's like I think my mother's like Irish guilt or like Irish Catholic version of like the Southern bless your heart. It mm, would just mm-hmm. be like, Oh, just pray for them. Just yes. pray for them. It's true. I mean, like somebody is really seeking you out to email you to tell you to stop posting. I mean, they're not well mentally. Clearly. And there's something about me that's triggering them that has nothing to do with me, of which course. I know this, of course, it doesn't make it no, less any draining. Yeah. But I do think the fact that I'm 35 and I've had like professional jobs and I worked in customer service, which was, you know, that's difficult. Mm. So all of this helped me be able to do this and handle it better. That being said, I do have rules around engaging and reading comments. I won't read comments uh, on a video after it's hit a certain threshold of views as a rule. I just Interesting. won't. Because once it reaches like a certain audience, like a certain level of, of audience, mm. you're just getting a all the trolls. That's when they come in. Yeah. So once it hits a certain threshold of views, I don't look at the comments. I don't really look at the comments on YouTube very often because I don't know what's going on on YouTube, but those people are not nice. (laughs) And um, I am pretty, I I try to be pretty firm with boundaries that I set with people in DMs. Like I will tell people sometimes, I think people DM me things sometimes that they think is something funny or like sarcastic. But what they don't understand is like a hundred people also made that joke. So like I posted my earrings, which mm. are big, chunky 
fake diamond stud. And then I have a Playboy stud behind yeah. it. And I posted a picture and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to rock these. The number of people that responded and they're like, no, honey, or like, just no, or, you know, something along those lines. Dear like God. I get it from their perspective. They think that they're just being kind of funny. But when I've heard it a hundred times, I didn't ask for your opinion. You know what I mean? Right, so- right, right. Sometimes I will respond to people and say, you know, I'm not trying to be combative or start a fight with you by any means. And I know that you didn't mean this in an unkind way, but I just want you to understand that I wasn't seeking feedback on this. <laughs> and for your opinion, bitch. Yeah. And it's just kind of draining for me to hear this from so many people. So in the future, if you wouldn't say it to me in person as somebody who you don't actually know, I'd appreciate if you just didn't say it in DMs. I'm so glad that you respond to people like that. Yeah. And I don't do it often because obviously that takes a lot of emotional and mental energy. Yeah. But sometimes I do feel like, you know, people, I don't think it's intentional, but people do need to understand I that. I think people don't think that there are more than one. I think yeah. they think that they're the only ones engaging in content and either that the creator can't see it because they're too big and they can't see yes. it. And they huge. won't see see the comment or that they, you know, that you're the most ironic person and unique person and that you're the only one saying, like, just, just no. Like, okay. Right. Brenda, if you exactly. think that you're saying that, there's a million other of you that are saying that. So just say it to yourself. Like, I do find that that's interesting. I don't have that nearly on any level. Like, I feel like I have, like, a very protected corner of the internet and I get very nervous about that being like changed in any way. Yeah. But like, there'll be some times where there'll be like a random person that like, I know I haven't like engaged with or like a new follow their show up in like the, pro- whatever the, the message requests folder yes. or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they'll just say something. And I'm like, did you think you were that funny that like you were the only one that came up with that? Like, I'm just like, so sometimes I feel like people that just use Instagram to consume think that you're really only talking to them, which is great because that's what we want to do from a business standpoint. And like marketing is wonderful. But like from like your own standpoint, you're like, God, 75 of you have the same fucking thing. Like, yeah, that's a great point. And especially if it's about something that you're like, kind of unsure about, but you're like, I'm just going to do it anyway. And you put yourself out there and you don't get the people... I feel like people in the same thing, customer service, you would know this. People are always more likely to report something like a bad experience or something, you know, that didn't go well than they are to like go out of their way to be like, Oh my God, I had the most amazing experience. So I feel like when you do wind up putting yourself out there on something that you might have been a little wishy washy and a little unsure of, you only get the negative feedback. The other thousands of people are like, Yeah, that was so funny, like hysterical. And then like you only get the negative feedback because that's the only people that are writing in. And then it, it is a mental game. And I think to your point saying that this happened later into your 30s, like I think about this often because again, I, I agree. If, if I've been on social media in my early 20s, I don't know where my, like what my self confidence would look like or like where my insecurities would be because I do think that you need to have a really solid footing so that you can be able to like receive unsolicited feedback at all hours. Yes, that is, that is the word unsolicited feedback. And honestly, it goes both ways. Like, it doesn't even have to be a nasty comment. Mm -mm. But any feedback or my favorite or my least favorite (laughs) is the kind of advice or like the suggestions. Mm. Because the thing with that, that people don't understand is that what's behind it is judgment. 
And when you're offering someone unsolicited feedback, what you're really doing is saying, I'm judging your choice on this. And here's what I would do instead. Yes. And I did not ask for that, especially not from a stranger. And I do interact with people all the time. And there's people that I feel like I've gotten to know, but like, you still don't know me like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we're not friends. Like there's still a distance between us where if we were in the same room together face to face, I know you would not say this to me. Right. Because behind a screen, there's this fake confidence or Mm. this, do you know what I mean? There's this wall that people feel like I can say it behind the screen because I'm not really talking to them. They might not see all the things that you already said. Yeah. But if we were in a room together, I know these people wouldn't say these things. No, they, they never would. Nobody would have the things. balls to say half the shit that they even write. And then they write it to live on forever. Like I always, yeah. that always kills me. If you're going to write something stupid or you want to say something stupid, just like say it or like voice note or something. Don't put it in paper, like in black and white writing. Like be smart about it, people. That's so true. Okay. So as we like wrap up this conversation, which I can't believe we didn't even talk about, but you're an only child too, right? Yes. Yes. I forgot about that. Oh my God. Our only, only child children uni- unite. Which could have been why we were so misled during high school years, just because really had no... There was no, no one uh, to guide us. No one to guide us. We were just trying everything. Trying the punk, trying the prep. I was thinking about that today, the other day, or the other day, because um, like tweed skirts and like your UGG boots and stuff and like yeah. Hollister. I feel like I saw something saying that like tweeds coming back and like tweed skirts and then UGG, tall UGG boots like, making a resurgence. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, we're just revisiting high school, which is a little, I loved high school. Good thing. But like also just, I don't think no. I want to wear any of those things ever again. Or at least not together. Like I love tweed, but yes. I'm not going to wear that with Uggs ever with my again. Ugg boots. Yeah. We're all set on that. It doesn't quite make any sense. But what I wanted to ask you from like, I mean, obviously we could have, you know, another three hour conversation talking about all the things, but from a nostalgia standpoint, what is like something that you want people to either remember or to know about like your corner of the internet? I feel like I have been, whether intentional or not, I have been very specific to create content that really is based on my life. And I am intentional with certain things. Like you won't see me with a Louis Vuitton bag in a video because I didn't have that in high school. I had fake ones. So Mm -hmm. I'll make videos about that. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of great suggestions, by the way, funny things that people bring up to me that they're like, you should make a video on this. But I I, I didn't have that experience. I don't make that content because it doesn't, it's not coming from a genuine place. And I just feel like there's something missing. Like it's not going to hit because it's not real. What's one of the suggestions that like, that you get frequently that you're like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't land with me. Oh, no, of course. The fake Louis Vuitton bag thing is actually pretty funny because. Yeah, I did have a fake one. I, so did I. Um, but yeah, like certain specific clothing items that people suggest a lot. And like, I did live in a small town in Wisconsin, so not every trend reached me. Mm. I had this hilarious conversation with, I feel like the entire internet about solo pants. Oh my solo, God. So whatever. Yes. Is that how solo. you say it? Solo? Yeah. Okay. We didn't have that in Wisconsin. I never oh heard God. of it. Okay. So somebody mentioned it to me and I was like, I don't know this. And she was like flabbergasted because it, she was from Jersey or Long Island or something. I was, I was like, just going to say, I think this might have just been a Jersey thing, but maybe not. So maybe I posted not. it on my story and I was like, do you know about this? It seemed to be very concentrated in Jersey, Long Island. Um, because all the Guidettes wore them. 
And yes. guidettes were very central to Jersey, Long Island, New York. <laughs> yep. But also like South Florida, Boston, and like okay. private school girls in LA. And then there were like a couple other random people. Like one girl went to a private school in Wisconsin. She was like, Oh, I knew them. I'm like, well, you went to a private school. Like I went to like a podunk farm town school. <laughs> so things like that will come up. And I'm like, I just can't speak to that because yeah, no. I mean, I had hardtails, but I never even knew solo existed. I was just going to say solo and hardtail. I think I wound up having hardtails. So I, again, both of them were just like ridiculously overpriced. Yoga pants, yoga which pants. are now making a resurgence and they're calling them flare leggings. So that's like a whole other thing. So but like, yeah, solos and hardtail, like, cause the flip and then no. And then you just got smart and you got the Victoria's Secret knockoff ones. Exactly. And they came in extra long for me, which is great nice. because then they were, you know, hitting the floor like they should. Um, okay. <laughs> or like so, baby so just, fat, baby fat comes oh up a lot. Yeah. We didn't have baby. I mean, we didn't have a ton of baby fat. Yeah, or like Echo Red or any of those kind of like like yeah. hip hop brands. I mean, kids in my town were literally farmers. I can't overstate the fact that people were coming to school in their farm clothes. In they overalls. were wearing Carhartt as not fashion. Right. Like they right, were wearing right. Carhartt for utility purposes. Right, right, so right. those things just didn't reach us or, you know, certain experiences. Like we didn't go to clubs because we didn't have them. We didn't we never had house parties because we partied in fields, you know. So certain things like that yeah. that people will bring up and I'm like I just can't relate to that because we didn't do it. Or even when people are like, we hung out in the Wendy's parking lot. Like, oh my we didn't God. even have a Wendy's. So I don't relate to that either. We didn't have a parking lot to hang out in. We just yeah. had to drive around because there was, I mean, my town literally didn't have anything. We didn't even have a fast food joint. So yeah, I think that that is my distinction, I think, between my nostalgia content and others. And of course, there's so many people that create great nostalgia content. But mine is very specific to my experience. But I love that. I was a Southern sorority girl. I was a small town Wisconsin girl. I was a Jersey girl. You know, I've been all yeah. over. So. You got a lot. You got a lot of eras that you could do here. I yeah, mean, oh, yeah. you could just like take this and run with it because us millennials are not getting any younger. So we're just gonna like keep looking for this content that makes us feel seen and heard. Because and alive. it is interesting how the pendulum swings because how millennials came up and we were like the new cool kid on the block and we knew everything and we were smarter than everybody and like did all this stuff. And now we are just being served a grossly large serving of humble pie Mm -hmm. and Gen Zers are just like plowing us over. And again, karma, it always comes back around. So like Gen Z, whatever that Whatever that generation behind you coming up, like just be forewarned. It fucking sucks when you and realize it you were like, than you think. it happened so much faster than you think. I think it, I feel like it only happened in like the last, like since the pandemic, like yeah. the last like year and a half, two years. I'm like, whoa, like what happened? Yeah. And you'll like notice it when you go out to like the bars that you used to go out to and suddenly like you're older by like, by a lot. Like a yep. lot, a lot. It's true. And it, and you're just like having to, you realize that like the people that are your age go out at five o'clock, <laughs> go to happy hour and don't, <laughs> you know, go out at nine, 10 it's o'clock. So true. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that that is like the hard, the harder part of not necessarily getting older, just like realizing your position in society is changing and you're like, fuck, like, damn. Yeah. It's crazy. But I think that's why Gen Z is so, because this has become like a running joke at this point. Like it's almost overdone the Gen Z versus millennial thing. But I think the reason why there's so much hate from Gen Z specifically towards millennials, whereas 
we didn't really pay that much attention to older generations. No. And I think it's because there's this expectation that at a certain age, you kind of just fade away and mm. your position in society is to no longer be relevant. But millennials <laughs> are like, I'm not ready for that yet. You no. know, like I graduated into a recession. I don't own a home. I don't have a kid. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. I'm still wearing like, I'm going to put on the baggy low rise jeans at 35. And the younger generations are like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. You're supposed to go away now. You're supposed yes. to stay in your skinny jeans take care of your child and like go to soccer games and you should not be occupying the same social spaces as I am online or off. Yeah. And I think that's what's fed into this like fake social media generation war that's happening. Yeah. Because millennials, our growth has just been stunted since the, since the start. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've just been batting a thousand right out of the gate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It could have something to do with all of that uh, hair product and spray that we were just like scrunching our hair. (laughs) (laughs) seeped into our brain cells and our bodies. (laughs) That's actually a solid theory. Honestly, now that I'm in like the clean beauty space, I'm like, I was going to say all of the body spray we inhaled. So much. I mean, just like the body splashes like that we just douse ourselves. I'm like, oh my God, no wonder why I couldn't concentrate. No wonder why I was like had acne and all this shit. I'm like, this makes a lot more sense than I gave it credit for back then. But yeah, I definitely feel like um, I'm not ready either for my position to be I'm not ready to be demoted at all also because I feel like I I follow and I've had to unfollow a couple people but like like the millennial like we don't have kids either of us so like I feel like I don't resonate with a lot of like where the millennial content is because it's like it's so heavily in like the mom space now which is amazing and I hope one day I get there but like I don't resonate with that now I, I honestly I resonate more with like older Gen Zers or younger millennials or whatever because I feel like, okay, I'm still there. <laughs> Mentally, yeah. physically, emotionally, I'm still there. Yeah, I'm I not, agree. like on this other plane of like carpools and, and kids and birthday parties. I and- mean, I still want a Stanley Cup. Like, can I still have a Stanley Cup and like not be in that club? I think maybe. Right. I hope. And I think we're the first generation to kind of like outwardly embrace these choices that are kind of against mm. the norm. Like, obviously, there's always been people in every generation that don't kind of follow that traditional path. Right. But, you know, I'm 35. I don't have children. I live in an apartment in the middle of a city. I have no plans to move to the suburbs. Right. And people like don't know what to do with that. (laughs) You know, they're like, yeah, they're like, um, so do you want to buy a house? I'm like, nope. 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 I don't even change my own light bulbs. I have no desire to clean gutters. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And people are like trying to figure out what's wrong with me or like what, like, well, why don't you want to buy a house? Is it because you live in LA? Like you can move to the suburbs. I'm like, no, no, no. I just flat out don't. I'm good. Smart. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm good. So I think we're the first generation that feels like we can own it, make statements like that. Yeah. That we can own it. Yeah. So we kind of get split into two camps. Like the. <laughs> the Peter Pan syndrome ones like me and then like yeah. the real, the real millennials. <laughs> right there with have, you. So yeah. we can be mayor of Peter Pan town for millennials. Um, I'm down. because you know, there's probably a lot more of us than, uh, than we care to think or that the internet tries, tries to show us. Um, sure. but thank you so much. This was so fab. We'll have to do this again very soon. I'm so excited for your move out to LA, like just from a, an emotional mental capacity. It's probably amazing. I'm just trying to envision like sunny weather right now and like what that could feel like. And that is probably like would be the solution to a lot of my problems right now. So maybe I just... It's nice. I'm not going to lie. It's nice. Oh my God. But thank you so much. Where can everybody find you on the internet? 
You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Jenna A. Barclay, two A's. And YouTube has handles now. So same thing, Jenna A. Barclay. Do they and really? Then I have, yes. I did not know this. Oh my God. I shouldn't admit this, but I'm not really sure I have set that up properly, but uh, it, I don't know fine. how to work the socials. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's Jenna Barclay, but my handle is Jenna A. Barclay. And then I have a podcast as well. It's called Talks in Class. It is a video podcast on YouTube or Spotify, or you can listen wherever you find your pods. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Thank you so, so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.